I've got some bad news, folks. Christmas is going to be cancelled. Where's Christmas? Lisa! Where's Christmas? Santa will never find us now. This just in from the Weather Bureau. A severe storm warning is now in effect for the entire mountain region. All roads have been closed until further notice. Oh, no. What about Grandma's? What about Christmas? I start recording. <laughs> sure. Okay. <clears throat> Well, thank you for joining me today. Um, uh, was this on the list or did you just say this one? Uh, when you reached out, um, it was the first thing that came to my mind. Great. Um, so yeah, I think looking at the list, maybe it didn't land on it, but. It yeah. um, uh, is a classic in my household. Um, and I think it's like switched where everyone else is more familiar with the Sesame Street family Christmas when they all go to like the cabin, like the country house. And there's like some Muppets there too. But we didn't have that one as much. So that one's more yeah. special. I don't know if I've even seen that one. I'll send it to you. It's It just feels a little bit more um, TV stage. And this feels more like street like it's supposed to be straight really um yeah i love i'm we're, we're not really started yet but i really liked that you see the roof of the sesame street building yeah yeah and i was like um just trying to you know refresh my memory because i you know i was realizing like oh we watched this special a ton but this was not actually the cast that i grew up watching oh because you had more exactly. of the 90s cast with like gina yeah, it was like some of those folks, but then like mm -hmm. there was another generation in the mix, new right. characters. So they were all older and had kids, like Miles and, and stuff. Yeah, uh, Gabby, mm -hmm. um, Mr. Hooper's store had changed hands already. Right. Um, oh my gosh, I found out the wildest story about Mr. Hooper's store. I'm not sure if I want to share it, but I might. All that and more later on. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so we're going to start. I'm going to do a quick intro. And sure. then I'll cut to a commercial, which won't really be anything. And then we'll come right back. And then I'll say hi to you. Cool. <laughs> then we'll talk for about 15 minutes. And then um, we'll cut to another commercial. And then we'll try to finish recapping the episode. Sure. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. Wait, I don't want to say that. I want to say. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Princess Jafar's Christmas is Canceled. I'm Princess Jafar. And Christmas is Canceled. Today on an extra special episode of the podcast, we have an extra special guest. Yes, that's Benjamin Lundberg Torres Sanchez. And we are discussing an extra special special. That's right. It is. One second. Yeah, okay. It is the 1978 Sesame Street. All right. It is the 1978 Christmas Eve. It is the 1978 Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. It's not Sesame Street Family Christmas. Okay, we're not doing that one. Everyone does that one. This one's this one's way better. Trust me. Yes, better. Um, well, we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. Need a friend, need a dad. Go 
347-746-2377. Princesses are standing by. Call now. Beta messaging rates may apply. Hey, it's Slim from Half Five Productions wishing you happy holidays. Even though Christmas is canceled, you can still stuff your stockings with a sack full of singles from Lynn Star, Quiet, Cello, El Bouye, and Shaki Shaki at highfivemusic.co. That's dot C-O. While you're there, pick up some of our latest merch for yourself or your loved ones. We have tees, sweatshirts, and beanies ready for cold winter nights. Baby, pull me close. Want nothing in between us. Let's join our souls. Let's get me. And we're back to Princess Jafar's Christmas is Cancelled. I'm Princess Jafar, and right here with me is Benjamin. Hello, Benjamin. Hello, and hello to our listeners. Yes. <laughs> we have about 24, 25 listeners per episode, which feels like a little intimate room. You know, it's like, it's like a show. Gulp. Um, so, yeah, don't mess up because everyone's listening and they're very judgmental. They leave very Setting the stage. damning questions and they're always uh, correcting my facts. Um, not really, but that would be fun. I would love it, actually, <laughs> if people were like, that was wrong. That thing you said about dinosaurs was incorrect. Um, but you yes. don't get credibility without being critiqued, you know? Oh, that's so true. Right. <laughs> you can't stick to marble. Oh, this, you know, watching this last night was was really um you know heartwarming and stabilizing because um my partner and i are in our our second quarantining spot away from home as we give space and time to a housemate um who is sick with covid okay so um bringing yeah this this little joy of, of christmas nostalgia into my evening um was uh, yeah, needed, needed, to oh. say the least. So. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that because, yeah, I'm glad that, that this um, hokey, corny content that I'm focusing on in this special, it actually has a little medicinal quality to it. Um, I was appreciating yesterday that, like, this is keeping me so social with people that I don't usually well, I don't really FaceTime a lot of people in general. So it's nice to do this a few times a week with different different folk. Um, and I would love to have you back some other time to do something something different just to keep this conversation up. Yeah, I mean, I love the, the ever-shifting um, platforms, stages, opportunities, yeah, to connect um, with you directly and then everybody you have on all the shows. <laughs> yeah, all the shows. Always trying to do shows. <laughs> um, well, um, best of health to your household. Are you in like an Airbnb or like a? We are. We're in a. You know, as as gentrifiers ourselves, we're in we're in a, a next level gentrifying situation. Of folks who don't clearly don't own the, own this building right. asked us to lie to the neighbors if asked. Um, Right, because you have to have permission. I tried to do Airbnb before, and it's like, okay, just um, go down to the city and get permission from this. I'm like, 
I don't can't do that. Um, no. I was trying to Airbnb out like a place I was renting, but that's not how it works. And you, but you could tell, again, the audience can't see it, but you could just tell an Airbnb. It has a look. And this place has a really good Airbnb look. It's like, looks like it's useful, but there's really, you know. Not... Yeah, exactly. This place is, is very cute, um, but you cute. know, peeling back the layers yeah. every day of being like, oh, well, actually, I don't know if this floor is clean or like <laughs> what was left behind for us or yeah, yeah just little little mysteries everywhere right because really airbnbs are really only to be photographed instagrammed it's like that's the most important thing you're you're there for a night or two but in this extreme case you're like you're like wait this is a cardboard setup this is like toontown and all these facades are are fake this is a fake wall (laughs) why do we hear the clomping of horses one floor up above us every evening and a bowling alley below I don't know. Paper thin. Yeah, paper thin walls, um, which is probably what it's like on Sesame Street, I'm assuming, um, because it looks like low-income housing, um, and it looks like, uh, well, we actually get a confirmation of a place in this because they make a flying over Kennedy joke. But I'm getting ahead of myself. That's true. Today we are discussing the 1978 Christmas special christmas eve on sesame street this is not christmas family muppet family christmas where they go to the grandma's house and all the muppets are there no no not that stage play this is real this is like a biopic this is like a documentary real one real night on sesame street um when when do you think the last time you saw this special was gosh um well i was trying to remember did we did we bootleg it and have it on a, a grainy vhs or or were we just tuning into PBS and they were like faithfully rerunning this every, I think maybe a mixture of both, but I, 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 I think it's been at least, I'm going to say more than 10 years. Okay. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. And when you asked about it, you're like the one where big birds like cold on I was like, Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> that like yeah. coldness is like everything. It, they captured the holidays so well. And I, I, in rewatching it, was really aware of um, all of the things that I guess as a young person I also didn't care about or glazed over or like was in me. I knew the words to the songs and that. I was like, oh yeah, that. But um, you know, the, the the special is a slow burn. That was something that took like was surprising to me because you know everybody critiques Sesame Street as being like rapid pace kids can't focus on anything because it's just uh, one thing after another after another and um i was uh this felt uh very different than that lots of slow pace yeah um i would say that's um definitely because um of the time it comes out in so um in 78 uh it was like there were less channels so more it's more families watching it together and older Mm. kids um sesame street was their audience was like two to 12 at this time so um to like and then parents sesame street was teaching at the end of the 80s 10 years later they were teaching up to the number i think 40 or 50 Mm. um and now they teach up to like 18 um because 
their audience now is like one to three-year-olds because after like the age of three and four, kids really don't want to watch Sesame Street anymore. They want to watch like That's So Raven, whatever the iteration of That's Raven is today. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> they want to see like teenagers doing like things with lockers, um, opening and closing lockers, yeah. you know, holding books between classes um, and like having a webcam. But um, so because of that older audience, you're right. The, the pacing is a lot uh, longer than it would be like in today's Elmo's world or something like that, where it's constantly like. Yeah. And living. like even the opening of the special, uh, I, I just didn't remember how much time they spend skating on the ice together, that this is like a full environment that is explored for several different kinds of activities, sketches, um, just that they like really spend some time and place. Um, and you talking about the street as well, just that the like environment is really important. Yeah, um, before we started, I mentioned I really liked that we see the roof, which is not something I appreciated as a kid, but now it's like, it's like you don't ever see that roof shot and um, it like really makes the building real. It's like not just a set, it's not just an Airbnb. It's like Definitely. Sesame yeah. Street is a real building. I, I don't know the name if there's like a name for the buildings. I feel like there should so, be. Yeah, I looked I looked up um, so um, Gordon and Susan, um, who are central characters in the cast, are a black couple who own one, two, three Sesame Street. Okay. And it's a brownstone. Um, so they are small landlords and live in the building. Um, and yeah, so that that is one one location. Um, okay, we, yeah, that makes sense. One, two, three, and then probably the building next door is like four, five, six, or ABC. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's interesting. That people always ask, "How do you get to Sesame Street?" But I bet the real question is, "How do you get out of Sesame Street once you arrive?" Yeah, that, that struck me. I think like as a young person, it was just not in my world that this was New York or a version of New York City. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I lived on a cul-de-sac, so it made sense. I was like, okay, the street dead, dead ends. Um, you know, there's just buildings all around a central sort of like dead end street. Um, but yeah, that's kind of mystifying to me now watching. Um, I was like, where, where can this be? Um, but of course it's Sesame Street. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no time, no place. But it's also like Batman's Gotham, where it's like, it is New York. But yes. it's not at the same time. Um, and how they often call New York Gotham for some reason. I don't know if that's a Mandela effect. Maybe it is. Um, my sister just told me yesterday that I can't just say Mandala effect every time I don't like it when I hear that a celebrity is dead. Mm. And I was like, okay, true. It is convenient. Yeah, I'm like, oh, what? She's dead? Mandala effect? When did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> it happened today. <laughs> yeah, right? She died today. Yes. Okay, well, um, yeah, as you said, the special opens um, with a really nice ice skating sequence, and it's it's very much like Muppets on, or Disney on ice. Um, what's it called? Ice capades, costume characters, mm -hmm. doing really cool tricks. So they're probably the actual figure skaters in there. Um, unless yeah, these would, puppeteers are that talented that they're also figure like ice skaters. Like what? 
the bird, the big bird performance is particularly impressive because that <laughs> ice skater has to be skillful enough to play their role as an unskillful right uh, ice dancer but also not fall or like fall the right way or gracefully um and not you know on top of the small child who right. is, is coaxing big bird out of their their shyness on the ice <laughs> i was <laughs> like wow that slip was really real and also like uh it I, made me I nervous just, yeah how I do you like this kid's gonna die <laughs> yeah like that kid's gonna be squished my big bird oh god with like ice skates on no terrifying i was a little okay. nervous in that but um let me get one of like the most like visceral scenes for me like from my memories as a kid is when um well they do these like barrel jump tricks and um cookie monster smashes the barrels and then has all the barrel rings all over him and i just remember yes. that like ooh, that <laughs> is just something to me like the cookie yeah. monster in the barrel all broken i'm like whoa and that cookie monster is is relaying uh, deep enjoyment of this like barrel jumping on my own terms this is what we're doing crashing the barrels like um it was like you just, all failed i got it Bert, Bert is like silently or not so silently judging everybody's uh inability or unwillingness to jump over these three barrels on the ice cookie monster is just like nope it's my way which is i mean i guess just the way that i was realizing once again cookie monster just lives their life that way mm -hmm. um takes whatever is around and and uses it to their own pleasure really i mean like consuming destroying what, whatever the whim may be he's a hedonist yes yeah cookie monster yeah cookie monster would definitely be some sort of greek god of alcohol or pleasure or something like that um but okay so then we are on Sesame Street, and I think this is where I believe in miracles or um, True Blue Miracle, it's called, starts. Yeah. Well, and another thing that I was like, oh, wow, totally not legible to me as a young person. Um, they're uh, sort of like all of these characters uh, marching to the subway and being underground together and on the train. And um, yeah, I. It, it just is so much more familiar to me now. Um, the, the really excellent moment too of uh, Oscar the Grouch cursing out um, Big Bird or whatever he's saying as the train passes. And I was like, relatable, relatable. Yeah, um, I was thinking like when I, was, when I saw this, I was like, I can't believe, I can't believe there aren't more life-sized uh, puppeteers in New York City like I understand that there's those shitty costume character co costumes but that's not, that's not what I'm saying I mean like a really good puppeteer doing a big bird type thing who can also do the voice their voice and like maybe with a nice speaker in their suit as well and just like fully living out costume character I would think that in New York City that would happen but I never there's see that definitely an audience for that but no you're right yeah it's a, you know, you just got to put on the costume and, and collect the, the or, or extract $5 for people to take a photo. It's not, people have just decided it's not worth it. Yeah, I guess not. I want to do it now, though, but I also don't. <laughs> I was thinking, like, how people are secretive about some of their, um, like, passions. Like, like, okay, like, that would be 
that'd be one to like not tell your your friends and family about like i am actually i times square elmo (laughs) but then big reveal like after after many years of of doing this work what i have realized is busking royalty yes um so we would like to see more street um, puppeteers if you if you can listeners i'm sure one of the 25 people listening four percent of you are probably puppeteers um okay true blue miracle is such a beautiful song um and it doesn't really say anything or go anywhere but it's been in my head for i don't know my whole life so good job there and i'm always surprised that it isn't like a christmas song like it never gets played mm. christmas i'm like true blue miracle i believe in miracles and i can tell you why once a year the street i live on sparkles like the It's just um it's it's sweet to see the whole cast singing together and um but yeah not like uh uh like in transit emotion um yeah you're right because it like builds the city that they're in and really gives them a place i don't think most of sesame street is like this i'm pretty sure that most of sesame street is always like fixed sets like they don't usually mm-hmm. explore more of the city and i feel like that's somewhere they could finally go after had being on air for like 52 years or something um let's see more of this city get off the street um but originally the show was designed to be approachable to um city kids uh whose yeah, testing rates were like lower than um other kids so it was meant to be a learning show, but they like realized that they wanted it to be realistic. It's a huge reason why Oscar the Grouch lives in a garbage can and it's just like a lot of gritty New York 80s vibes to the show. Yeah, um, and, and also just um, the, I was listening to an interview with um, the, deaf, the deaf actor who plays Linda and she was just raising again, like the whole buzzword that was driving the ethos of, Sesame Street was multiculturalism. Um, mm-hmm. And you see that right in the first scene, we see a biracial couple, which I never really, as you said, like read as a kid. Um, but now it, it really stands out because, I mean, to me, because it's like, um, uh, it's not stated. It's like not overstated in the way it would be today. Yeah. They don't explain it. They don't like, it's just there. That's probably why I never yeah. noticed it. Yeah, the shot of them on the subway, it's just like, okay, this is like, there's two white folks here and everybody else is a Muppet monster or person of color. And I mean, if, yeah, there's there's authenticity of being um, in the place and, and time and moment where they are. Um, but yeah, not overstated. And I also think it's really, I feel like when, um, 
uh, biracial couples are figured now, uh, it's there's still a, a a white person in that couple. Yes. Whereas this this is um, this is a biracial couple that does not include whiteness. Um, yeah, and again, like not not uh, not shown in some kind of like. Now look, look at this, look at this superlative moment. Right, we did it. Give us our funding. <laughs> Can we have our funding back now? Okay, geez, we did it. Uh, okay, well, we're going to get our funding right after a quick word from our sponsor on Princess Jafar's Christmas is Cancelled with our guest, Benjamin Lemberg, Torres Sanchez. Holidays all year round with Princess Jafar's Not Another Christmas Song, a six track EP available today on Bandcamp featuring songs from Rubber and many more, including the hot track Christmas is Cancelled podcast jingle. Get yours today. The one thing that struck me about this this special that like can like was a like is more or less like presented as the problem or question is like santa's size right in relation to the chimneys and i was like i think i it was just interesting to me like to like for there to be so much discussion of fat and skinny throughout the episode (laughs) oh yeah did you think it was judgmental or like fat phobic at all I I think I was wondering like would there be some kind of intentional opposing view or just like a little somebody yeah. like dropping in a little like planting a seed like what if the chimney's just like what if the chimney's the problem or you know just like mm-hmm. right um I think it stood out to me for all of the things, like the reasons that we're talking about, like, uh, or, or ways that self Sesame Street was like very intentional and self-aware. Um, yeah, I think just like whatever, 10 plus years later, I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Um, not, I, even, uh, not even to just be like, to go in on Sesame Street, but just to be like, this was a, th- this, this is like a, a, a growth area or, but I don't know how the size is discussed on the show now. It just made me curious. Right. Yeah, I actually, I don't know either. Um, I feel like, I mean, they do, this show, this this Sesame Street um, special is not geared at like teaching opposites or numbers or letters. They don't really do any of that. This is really like a special, like a, a storyline. And so to say that them talking about Santa's size is like, teaching kids about large and small i don't think is valid right here not that that you're saying that but um and so yeah i think that they're talking about it in a way that's like un unembarrassed because it's like nationally not known yet i don't know as as an issue probably just talking Mm -hmm. about the crash dieting jokes and different things like that for santa yeah um and it, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing yet. Which yeah, it was a bad thing, but 
I, I, I sort of feel like, um, what was the word you used? Unembarrassed. Like there, there is in many ways, like, I don't know if innocence is the right word, but like, there's just a kind of like, uh, it, it's very matter of fact. This is just, this, this would be a central question that you would ask, like as a young person. I think like right. it is geared and oriented towards the imagination of a child. Um, and I would say like, but, a second or third grader, somebody who's grappling with a bunch of kids on the playground s- saying like, you know, um, Santa's not real. And then them just being like, well, is it or not? And like trying to be scientific about it is like very like third, fourth grade to like ask. I love that um, they ask Kermit. I love that Kermit is this like um, uh, <laughs> realm like guide. You know, he, he can switch mm-hmm. so easily between um, the Muppet world and Sesame Street with no problem. And that's like not a skill that many Muppets have. Mm. Any Muppets have. Uh, maybe the chickens. The chickens can do it too. True, true. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, it's, it's like very available to like be a bridger and like I'll, I'll go do the investigation. T- t- take this inquiry to the streets, um, to, to children just like you. Um, but... Uh, I, I love, uh, I, I think, you know, I, I know this about Sesame Street, like design, you know, programming designed for adults to be watching also with young people. Um, but just all of the, the like over the top academic-y kind of language that Kermit is using that like definitely flew way over my head as a young person, but was like really hilarious and de- delightful to see like, a kind of Muppet adult fumble to like use the, the the ways of explaining that they might normally rely on to this kid. And they're like, I just will keep saying really big words and maybe I will make sense eventually. Um, yeah, I, I really like the vulnerability of, of struggling with not knowing. Yes, um, I this is probably my favorite segment is all of the kids answers too. It's so funny. Um, like just the kids explaining away Santa Claus is, well, it's something that I never had a problem with as a kid because for me, it was just Santa Claus's magic. So it's like, if Santa Claus can fly and stop time, why can't he open walls, open doors, go down chimneys, change his size, change his weight, like shift and shape shift and go through whatever. Like what? I don't know. It was weird to me that you would stop his powers at a point because Santa Claus is really rivaling God and God should smite Santa for standing in his place because (laughs) he's all knowing, all seeing. He can stop time. He um, can create things out of nothing. Like all, how all of his presence, where is that coming from? So like he's too powerful. And I think we really revere him more. He's like, he's one of the best false gods and it's great because he comes from christianity it's saint nicholas and i love when christians are like bring stop talking about santa claus it's about jesus i'm like oh sorry we're talking about the wrong part of your religion oh sorry it's still your story like what sorry the 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 part of your religion that your enclave chose to discard because like you're like no we don't want to do christianity that way it's whatever it is (laughs) yeah in 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 their world <sighs> yeah it was it's a now but it's all i have to i have to ask you though about about santa though 
Um, yes. Because I, I feel like the, the other read is that like he has a, a, a huge exploited labor force that is creating these, which is, is, is also some kind of terrifying God machine of Santa. Right. Just like the real God who also uses uh, uh, labor, uh, whatever. I don't know the word right now. Um, but uh, <laughs> all I'm thinking is like Santa Claus, Willy Wonka, like men were told to love and adore in our child, like fictional men were like told to adore in our childhoods who use slave labor, which is disgusting. It's true. It's true. And, and make people jump through like uh, really outrageous hoops to to win fabulous cash and prizes right um at different levels disgusting not not unlike our world um yeah um well uh unlike our world let me see one second yeah we get um a beautiful story of love and friendship between bert and ernie which is one of my favorite christmas stories um, I think this is the first time that the gift of the Magi comes up on this podcast, which is like a very popular mm-hmm. Christmas tro- like storyline to pull. Um, it's between usually traditionally it's between two lovers. So of course it's between Bert and Ernie um, because yes. who else cares about each other as much? I always grew up thinking that, and being told and like understanding that they were cousins. Um, so mm-hmm. that's the only reason why I resisted it as an adult that they were lovers. I was like, they're they're related it was so weird to me but after much research i've never found anything to support that so yeah i yeah definitely definitely gay definitely um but yeah i think i was told some fiction about them being you know good friends (laughs) right and what what lovers are good friends that's not true that's (laughs) no 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 or that this is all an only what they can be (laughs) right um but their love is so apparent in this in this um little segment um where they both go to mr hooper's store and um they exchange their most beloved possessions for a way to for the other one to hold to hold their possessions that will no longer exist because they trade their possessions so Ernie brings in rubber ducky and it's a really nice rubber ducky. Did you notice it's like sitting up? It's not the ones that they have now where it's just like a duck shape. Very, I, I miss that old rubber ducky. I want to find one. Um, and with some feather texture too, right? Not just like totally smooth, um, you know, has some realism there. That's a, it's a really good. Ernie's got great taste in rubber duckies um, and trades it for an empty cigar box um, for Bert's paperclip collection. Bert comes in, they have a little cute little awkward moment, and then uh, Bert trades. It's the sweetest. <laughs> oh, it's so good. The Them just um, like nodding and giggling at each other and being like, um, I'm, we're, I don't know what you're doing, what I'm doing. It's good to see you. We live together. <laughs> it would be so hard to keep that secret from someone that you share like three walls with. Um, but we get, I'm pretty sure this is um, Penson and Frank Oz. Is that right? I think so. I think he's Bert. Oh, I didn't actually know that. Uh, let me see. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
I feel like there's some Muppets that I like had thought was correct my whole life and then realized it was the wrong actor. And so now I'm like questioning everything. But um, in the credits, I was shocked to see Oscar and, and Big Bird were voiced by the same people. Oh yeah. So, so that is our Carol Spinney who just passed away recently and also assisted by Richard Hunt, who, um, uh, was Scooter, Statler of Statler and Waldorf, Janice, mm-hmm. Beaker, Sweetums, which is one of my big, big, sweet character. The big guy's like, whoa! Um, <laughs> and uh, sadly, he passed away in 1992 from complications of the AIDS virus. And mm-hmm. um, the Muppet Christmas Carol is dedicated to him. Also, sadly, his name was wow. Dick Hunt, and he died from AIDS complications. That's it's it's unfortunate that we can't make any jokes because it's right there though. Dick Hunt, and I wish I could say more, but I can't, um, and that hurts me. It it ends here. That's my rights restricted. Um, so sorry, Dick Hunt, but we love you. He's so cute too. Look him up. He looks like a Pittsburgh gay. He looks like a Pittsburgh gay that you would totally just want to smooch on. Um, and then we get Jim Henson uh, doing Ernie. Ernie sounds so much like Kermit for a reason. And um, uh, yeah, we all know Jim Henson. We all know Jim Henson. He's great. <laughs> um, don't ignore pneumonia or whatever it was that he had. Um, meningitis, yeah. And then, and then we have Frank Oz as Bert. And Frank Oz really is really cool. Really cool. <laughs> um, he directed a ton of good movies and produced. He, um, let me see. Well, I don't know why it's not here. Oh, it is. Okay. So Frank Oz, um, uh, the, the other Muppet actors all have super long IMDb's, but Frank Oz is a little different because he was also a director and producer of a ton of films. He directed Dark Crystal, uh, Muppets Take Manhattan, which is actually mm. my least favorite Muppet movie, but I would like to rewatch it as an adult with some life experience, maybe it's more of an adult film, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, he also did Little Shop of Horrors, um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, What About Bob, House Sitter, Indian in the Cupboard. Oh, so many. He did In and Out, um, Bowfinger, and Stepford <laughs> Wives, the new Stepford Wives, D- Death at a Funeral. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like, classic titles um and we love him we love him now the only thing i do regret is that he like let um yoda become a cgi completely yeah like, he like really gave Terrible. Up. like he should have fought for that he should be like no i'm a puppeteer and what they should have done is they should have cgi'd him into the movie puppeting yoda as like a character <laughs> You know, and then blue screened, green screened him out of that. That would have been more traditional and more respectful. Yeah. Or like, why not, why not hybrid it at least? This is, I mean, right. I feel like you just lose so much of like knowing like that is a physical, tangible someone on screen. Mm -hmm. Now what? Now what? None of what do kiddos have? Um, Nothing. I, yeah okay well 
So they the gift of the, the gift of the magi is going on, and um, we are we have this other storyline where Cookie Monster is trying to write the perfect letter to Santa Claus to ask him for a cookie, and he decides by the end just to you know whatever you want to bring is fine. But I really like this Cookie Monster because um, he used to eat everything. He ate he eats the typewriter, he eats desks, he eats whatever. Now he only eats food. So. Um, and I want to yeah. put something else to rest here on this official podcast is that um, Healthy Food, this Cookie Monster song, came out in the late 80s. So I don't mm. want anyone, every two, three years, we get a, an article that says Cookie Monster is going to stop eating cookies because now he's just eating vegetables. And it's like, as someone who follows <laughs> Muppet News, it's one of my least favorite things to see every three or four years that people like have this amnesia for the story. Like they keep forgetting like, Oh, cookie monster's going to be literally longer than we've been alive. Cookie monster's been eating vegetables. So that's I need true. that to stop. Need to stop. And that's also such, I don't know. I love that segment. Healthy food song. Oh, such yeah. great puppets. Yeah. Sesame street yeah. vegetables. Amazing. They do so good in the Christmas Carol. Muppet Christmas Carol. We love Sesame Street vegetables. They're so good. Actually, as a kid, one Sesame Street joke that I just believed and never questioned until I was a little too old was that lions eat cabbage. I thought lions ate cabbage because of Sesame Street. I thought, of course, they ate meat, but then, you know, like... Also. They also eat cabbage. Some roughage. And I remember someone being like, no, lions don't eat cabbage. And I was like, Sesame Street, I thought I could trust you. You taught me that. Yeah, it's supposed to be educational. Yeah, that's why I. Well, that's why I boycott the show. Say adults only. People don't understand. Who can understand satire? I was too young for satire. Uh, okay, so Cookie Monsters, such a sweetie. Um, Ooh, actually, yeah. can as we're transitioning, I'm gonna take a quick break. Okay, no worries. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> Celebrate the holidays all year round with Princess Jafar's Not Another Christmas Song, a six-track EP available today on Bandcamp, featuring songs from Rubber and many more, including the hot track Christmas's Cancelled Podcast Jingle. Get yours today. The okay. consequences of, of trying to be too cozy with, you know, multiple cups of tea before this interview. Is uh, no, that's great. Cozy's great. Um, so is healthy bladders. We love that. Um, okay. So welcome back to the pod. It's me, Princess Jafar. Christmas is canceled. Benjamin, how's it going? It's great. Yeah. I mean, just, it's really a trip down memory lane. You know, I, I just, I can't get over how sweet and wholesome um, and like so many other just like things that, uh, yeah, I still need <laughs> are yeah. in this episode. <laughs> yeah, some, Special, some, com- yeah, some community, some validations, people to think about you and care about you. So the stakes of Big Bird's worry over whether Santa Claus can, can get through the chimney or not um, really manifests into him kind of losing it a little bit and he endangers his friend debbie chen um so he and debbie are 
gonna stay out all night well i guess debbie goes home but um to actually wait up and see santa but it's freezing cold on sesame street and i think big bird has hollow bones and he's probably cold-blooded because he's a bird so i don't know if that's going to work very well um he really should have flown somewhere for winter that's really what we're getting to but but, um debbie has to go because it's starting to snow it's getting cold it's getting late and this scene is just just lives in my memory it's just so beautiful like the the chill like the this the um frost on his nose building up icicles icicles oh the the constant um just like uh justifying to self like there's a reason i'm here i'm so committed to being on this roof by hooker by crook i'm gonna figure it out yeah that commitment and i guess i'm it's relatable you know it's just it's just you just sometimes get so focused on things that you really don't see the danger in it. And it's like, Big Bird, protect your heart. Yeah, and, and also like know that people are here for, I mean, like what a community of support, right? We, are, we already talked talked about Kermit going out to like find the answers. I mean, we don't right. find anything conclusive, but still like so many people turning out for, you know, to try to assist in, in Big Bird's, question but like really kind of like obsessed with like what is the reality or truth of this uh all the way to the extent that like he literally hears people calling for someone at street level and says someone must be lost i have bigger things or more important things to worry about right now (laughs) um yeah he's right uh but (laughs) you know even oscar the grouch comes out for this uh it's true and oscar's the one that was really sowing all those seeds of doubt and really was tormenting big bird um and then he regretted it because you know yeah, nobody wants like, big bird lost well and and maria has to come to the trash can right and like rough his neck and be like what the heck did you do to big bird <laughs> like this is your fault take some accountability and responsibility for the situation that you put big bird and the entire street into like you gotta fix this yeah um i really love how many times we get to see these um these muppet legs yeah i love puppet legs so much and i really wish i knew the actors who played oscar when he's like running and stuff it's so funny to me um i don't think it's carol spinney no maybe it's richard hunt like really I don't know how you would do it though because the legs look proportional and then all of a sudden it's just like I don't know that's true right now to even do that but um okay so Debbie Chen goes home and then she comes into uh Gordon and Susan's house and is just like so shell-shocked and so she's got tears in her eyes and the way she delivers the lines are so like checked out and associating it it's, it's really eerie. <laughs> it's so eerie. That definitely stuck with me, like over the years. That moment, big, just like big bird's ooh. gone. Yeah, big bird's gone. Yeah, just, it's horrifying. It's horrifying. She was like, I went home. I was thinking about how bad he was doing, so I went back to check on him. I'm like, wow, what a crazy good friend this like seven year old is. Like, <laughs> and also like, how does this sweet seven year old know to like? I don't know. I. Yeah, and just was like a shitty young person, but I'm like, damn, like that's a depth of like 
uh-huh. knowing like I really need to like <laughs> go back to this person who's hurting only yeah, to find the missing. We need to find Debbie Chen and interview her because true. I'm sure she's doing good. Uh, she doesn't have a Wikipedia, a Wikipedia page, but I'm sure she's has a great life right now. Um, cause, cause yeah, set out that way. Uh, so then in the end, big bird walks down um, from the roof um, to, you know, few everyone's relief. Um, but he, um, doesn't he try to go right back up? Like right back he up wants to the roof? To. Yeah. And Gordon's like, no, the hell you're not, not going back up on the roof. He says that everything is frozen except for his giblets. Yes. He's, he, they had to get in the giblets line like multiple times. It's like the sneaky joke that oh Big Bird gosh. in the midst of this questioning is like, but how many well, times I mean, can I refer to my giblets? It's so horrifying. <laughs> um, but hey, I found my new grinder tribe. So, um, giblets. Frozen giblets. Frozen giblets. Um, I, I have prepared a few um, whole chickens this mm-hmm. winter. And so I'm taking some livers and giblets and things out of birds. I think giblets are something in there you mm-hmm. take out. And the long yep. neck. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the goodies. All that disgusting shit but that's pretty dark of big bird and honestly i wouldn't want him making those jokes after we thought he was you know maybe missing or you know yeah, gone or something permanently on ice. too morbid no, no, no. big bird um but uh santa claus did sneak in in time to put the presents under the tree and uh big bird is really you know lamenting that he didn't get to see it but oscar breathes one more seed of doubt with um <laughs> asking about the easter bunny so it's just like oscar ah uh, can't stop won't stop um i i did want to say i loved like the banter between burr and ernie when they're opening their presents we never really mentioned that but like oh yeah when they get the presents back and just oh you have it really good burt just like <laughs> i just like love it yeah and and just the the like all of the like the the dawning panic that they have when they realize like i can't actually also give my partner the gift of my enjoyment you know like right like i've I've, like really fucked this up like uh they they know me so well they got this for me it's (laughs) actually perfect but (laughs) I, i I can't even be overjoyed because I'm just too terrified about the truth that I have to tell them. <laughs> oh my god, it's so sweet. The oh, it's crazy. Um, but Mister Mister Hooper saves the day. Mister Hooper saves the day. Um, and yeah. Um, so thanks be to Mister Hooper. Um, and they they still mention Mister Hooper a lot. He still comes up. Um. I think it's still Mr. Hooper's shop, I think. Yes, it's just yeah. changed hands, I think, mm-hmm. I, three times? Once, twice, I think three, I think four is now. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I don't really feel comfortable sharing the story, so I'm just going to say, if you're interested in a wild, inappropriate story, um, look, look up who... I don't even know. I'm, 
Okay, look up the the following Mr. Hoopers and um, look up what happened to each of them. Um, It's not sexually explicit or anything like that, but it is like bizarre and like uh, uncomfortable. So I don't want to share it here on this Christmas podcast, but um, (laughs) go check it out. Go do some research yourselves. And if you find it, leave it in the comments to, to, um, you know, horribly scar someone else. But I didn't do it. You did it, whoever you were commenting. Um, Once again- Christmas magic, just pay it forward, you know? Yeah, it says what you're going to do today. Like it's, that's great. Um, we love comments. We love five-star reviews of the podcast. Um, even if you hate it, still give it a five-star because so far I've made $1.63 from this podcast. So please, yes, it's it's about $0.33 cents per, per episode, which is really cool. Um, you know, that's great. Uh, and then, so what you can do listening is if you liked this and you like the other episodes, just send us some money here. Uh, Venmo at Princess Jafar, Cash App, dollar sign Princess Jafar. Would you like to say your Venmo Cash yeah. App things? It's PayPal's? all the same. Yeah, it's it's uh, nothing that you will be able to spell from the way I pronounce it. So it's at or dollar sign B E N J O F as in fox, A M A N as in man. Mm-hmm. So that's B-E-N-J-O-F-A-M-A-N uh, with a leading at sign or dollar sign for funds. <laughs> yes, Benj of a man. And what would we find if we were going to your Instagram versus your Twitter? Ooh, Instagram is like kind of a, a, a landing place for like glossy, nice, arty stuffs. Um, Twitter is... is um, more of a, a political rant, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy sure. them both. I relate to them both. <laughs> oh, if anyone wants to check out this um, special, it is available on HBO Max, or if you don't have HBO Max, it's available on YouTube. Um, just look up Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. Uh, I would love to have you back another time to talk something else uh, holiday themed. I'm always excited to be back in a show, in an interview, in a podcast. Yeah, whatever you're cooking up, let me know. Okay, I always will. Thank you so much, Benjamin. Nice to talk to you today. And everyone listening, Christmas is canceled. Bye. Bye. Another Princess Jafar online production.